Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 44 of Digital Digital Get Down. Hello. We are coming at you live from the Royal Wedding. <laughs> the Not great actually. outdoors. We are on our lovely porch in Minnesota. Not in the UK. Looking out at a vast desert. Waiting for a bird to fly into our window. Have we talked about that in the podcast yet? I don't think so. What are recurring... Suicidal birds. I call them suicidal. They're not even suicidal. They just have anger management issues. Mm. Like they or just they're super keep... horny, you think. Yeah. Like, they just keep attacking our windows. Not flying into them accidentally, but, like, seeing their reflections and, like, viciously attacking them through our windows. Peckers, yeah. And just, like, making their way around all of the windows in our house. Yeah. It's a serious first world problem. I know. Anyways. Um... We are going to talk about the royal wedding a little bit. Okay. Your chagrin. Oh boy. Um, do we have anything else? Thing else for the intro? Um, I'm excited about the book that you're reading that you said you liked. Yeah, we're going to talk about it soon. Are you going to give the people a teaser? Um, you told me to read it. Yeah. So it's very rare that I would actually like it. That's you always say <laughs> that, and then the book that we're reading we're reading today, I you recommended right. yeah. to you, and you liked it. True. True. So eat your words. Um, I'll say that this is book one of a, of the two part, two part series. There's going to be another one. Yes. Well, I only care about reading two cause that will give me my next book digits. That you oh, said. that's the reason that's you're I'm doing it. it. Yeah. It's not for me. No, 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 no. So no. it's just an accident that you enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. And it's two authors too. Now two of the last books I've read have been by two authors. What are we going to do? Maybe I have a fetish. Okay. Um, I'm reading a very long book. Yeah, why have you started on this fantasy journey? I feel bad when I buy books and I don't read them and they sit on my shelf for a while. Which is you why you paid money a, for this one, you sure? Yeah. Hmm. Which is why there's a pile it was like four dollars, but that's why there's a pile on the side table over there of like a random assortment of books. Those are the ones that we've owned for a while that I'm starting to feel bad about. Yeah. But the problem is that pressure has put me into like a bit of a reading slump. And it's like I'm not super jazzed about reading any of them, so and I haven't been reading as much. But this book is very long. I don't know why I picked a thousand-page book to get me out of my reading slump. But Patrick Rothfuss. Yes, the sequel to The Name of the Wind. One of the top authors yeah. on book digits. Wind in the Door. Inherit the Wind. Wind in the Door? What is, what is That's the second, a terrible what is the title. Called? That's definitely a wrinkle in time The book. Wind in My Face? No, Wind in the Door <laughs> is a wrinkle in time book. What is this book called? Oh, she's in motion. This book is called The Wise Man's Fear. Nothing about King doors or wings. Killer Chronicles. The first one is The Name of the Wind. Yeah. Isn't that isn't The Name of the Wind number one on book digits? Is it? Pretty sure. It's been on the uh, top 50 forever. So book digits had quite the weekend. Yeah, we have we have some new some new clientele. If you're listening, welcome as new book digits users. Yep. Clearly the advertisement is working, so Black Apron, get on the horn. No, Name of the Wind is number three. You're getting Brennan Sanderson confused with Patrick Rothfuss. They are the same person, though. Unclear. I've never seen them in the same room, so who knows? <laughs> never seen them in different rooms either. <laughs> Me either. Um, oh. It's third, though, on the book digits. Top okay. Three. Maybe you're a great good bump it up. Maybe. So if you want to know what the hell we're talking about and you haven't already joined Book Digits, you can go to B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S dot com and mm -hmm. sign up for your free account, track the books that you're reading, put make, seven, make put a seven, hefty donation, whatever. Put 700 books on your to-read list, whatever mm -hmm. you want to do. Not recommended. 
Um, do we want to go into news next? Let's do it. What kind of news are we doing? Good news and bad news. Mm -hmm. I don't know the rest of it. I didn't categorize mine now. I'm not really into labels anymore. Oh, yeah. So I just have okay. news. You just like news for news and you don't judge them based yeah. on their labels? Impartial. Um, I, most of mine are based around you. Okay. Um, everyone's saying 13 Reasons Why is terrible, so I thought that would be good news for you. It relates back to our podcast. We talked about it like the second episode. Yep. Um, you have Backstreet Boys on your news list? I haven't listened to it. I listened to it up to the chorus and then I shut it off. Yeah. I, like, own, I will admit, like, too many of their later CDs. Like, in what format? Like, CDs? No. You think so? I can go check in the other room if you want. I, um, I, I own more than, like, Backstreet's Back and Black and Blue. Yeah. Black and Blue's the best one. Um, I own too many of their later ones. But I have given up on them in the past. Their last album I didn't listen to in this song. I was, like, not super into it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they should just be happy with their, like, Vegas thing. Like, that's where they belong now. You yeah. know? Well, I'm going to give you some news updates from this story. So, okay. they're on a break from the Vegas show right now. But they're going back later this year. Full album later this year. And perhaps a second album. This that's, year? That's what they're claim, claiming. That they had so much... Material? Yeah. Yikes. It's ever, It's been ruined for me ever since we watched that, like, behind the music Backstreet Boys thing when Nick so Carter and Brian So, I was going to bring this up, fighting. but yes, I, I recommend, highly recommend everyone watch this documentary. We watched, like, five it, minutes of it and ruined everything. Have it ruined everything you ever wanted to like about the Backstreet Boys. Yes. They Nick seem so Carter wholesome. just swearing at everyone. Brian, everyone fucking knows you can't fucking sing anymore, so why are you even in these fucking meetings, Brian? Guess what? It's because you're fucking Howie's cousin. Yeah, it's rough. And then everyone's like, whoa, Nick, calm down. I remember you got arrested that one time. And yeah, it gets rough. Yeah, but it's amazing. AJ was at Taylor Swift's concert the other night. But the Backstreet Boys, like, nice. I want to know who, who titles their albums and their songs, because they all are like... Anti titles that they're, they're all either un, no, non, yes, unbreakable, yeah, that's me. yeah, never gone. Yeah. Like they're always not doing something. Yeah, <laughs> don't go. Never bigger. not going. <laughs> that was a good reference. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Never <laughs> not a bad boy. <laughs> boy never not smelled like soup. <laughs> oh man, nobody knows what we're talking about. Um, can I do some mining this? I guess Are those so. Good or bad? I told you, no labels. <sighs> Okay, so my good news is going to make you mad. It's a personal good news. Hmm. I beat you in chess this week. Ugh. Our, like, five-month-long running chess match, I finally won. I checkmated you, and you didn't even believe it. I didn't believe it, because typically the last times you've tried to put me in check, you've also killed your own pieces. But this time it was a genuine victory. Yeah, it was. Yep, I was felled over a four-month period. Are we going to start the next game soon? Sure. My other... Live stream it. <laughs> for four months. Yes. To use the time lapse on my phone. Um, my other good news is the royal wedding. I really... Oh, don't even. Um, I really did not care about the royal wedding coming up to it. I didn't even realize it was this weekend until like three days ago. Like, I just kind mm -hmm. of blocked it out. Um, One issue I have is what, how can you call it the royal wedding? At this point, it's a royal wedding. If they change that, I might I might be a little bit more interested. 
this royal wedding? Yeah. Anyways, I um, was on my break at work, very long work shift. I pr pretty much could have gotten up and watched it with how early I had to get up for work on a Saturday. But um, I was on my break, scrolling through Twitter, and it just made me so happy. Like for, I think part of it is that like usually Twitter is just a terrifying place lately. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of like scary political news and like kind of funny things that are actually terrifying mixed in with like a cat video or something. Right. But this was just like, everyone was just happy about it. There were no like, trolls or uh, people out to... Not on my Twitter feed. Not on my carefully curated. curated. Yeah. yeah. So it was just like, she, Megan looked so happy and mm -hmm. Harry looked so happy and everyone was wearing funny hats and there was like a carriage ride and like little Princess Charlotte was making funny faces and it just like seemed like a nice moment for the world. I'll say the only headline I clicked on was internet says Pippa, Pippa Middleton's dress looks like an iced tea can. So I had to click on that one. Mm, I it, did see it that one. It was true. It was true. It's like the nice Arizona. Tea. Uh, Arizona, yeah. you're right. Um, and I've never really been into like fascinators and like, oh, who's going to wear what to the wedding? But like, where else do you get to wear a ridiculous outfit like that? Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of like really nice things about it as well because she's biracial and there was a lot of. Um, Black pride in it as well, like mm -hmm. the preacher. I know SNL did a yeah, thing on it. Yeah, they brought that point home. Um, but the preacher was talking about slavery and Martin Luther King quotes, and there was like a amazing black choir that did um, "Stand by Me," mm. and it was just really nice. Good. And she's like, so you she just got, got a happy some ever after, wholesome and I, entertainment out yeah, of it. Yeah, and I know that. Um, monarchies are bad and outdated and, mm -hmm. and not everyone like needs to be a princess and has to be saved and whatever. But I just think it's like, a, it's, everyone likes to see a happy ending, you know? It, it was like a fairy tale. Okay. She's not dying though. Like she has to go now be the, the yeah. Duchess of Dutch something. The, the Duchess, um, that she got the last, there was never a Duchess for that, but the last Duke, like, tr um, worked to abolish slavery. Oh, cool. Isn't that a cool mm. nod? So lots of cool things like that that came out of it. Mm -hmm. So I don't not, do not think it was like worth the hype. And I, if I had been like, if I had gotten up at 3 a.m. to watch it and had yeah. like um, been like agonizing over it for months, then I don't know if it would have been worth it. But for me, just for like a brief day of happiness, mm -hmm. it was nice. So she's not going to be on American television any longer? I guess not. Mm. I don't know. I didn't really actually know who she was beforehand anyways. She was on Suits. Sure. I've seen a couple episodes I of it, but I don't remember her from it. The best thing was, like, her um, actor friends just, like, looking bewildered, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is just our friend that we probably got drunk and high with a bunch of times, uh, like, after working on a set in Hollywood. That is funny, and now, so that's just their, one of their summer well weddings on the calendar. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's flying to London and going to the, the royal wedding, this royal wedding. How many um, people were friends, there? Like, 3,000. Oh, Wow. It would have been, I was just thinking about how overwhelming it would have been because, like, I was, like, overwhelmed on our wedding day with the amount of people watching sure. me, and it was, like, 100 people that I knew. 3,000. Yes. And Oprah. Yeah, including Oprah and Serena Williams. Yeah. And David Beckham was looking fine. But, but yeah, the internet did, it seemed like they were just desperate to find anything, like, funny or creative out of it. Like, I accidentally just looked at one about George Clooney looked like he was going to have a heist because he was wearing a suit. Like he wears a suit in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. 
okay. He wore a suit like, to just, a wedding. Just while. let it be genuine. People right. are always trying to like poke fun at things. Yeah. And just like just let people enjoy kind of a princessy story. Amen. Um the other thing that I've been noticing is that there's this clip around of Harry like mouthing something to Megan. Mm -hmm. And the first one is like, You look amazing. Uh -huh. And then the next one, people are saying he said, I'm so lucky. Uh -huh. And I didn't think that it looked like he was saying that with his mouth moving. But I've seen a couple British people say he's saying, I'm I'm shitting it or something. Like I'm super <laughs> nervous. Uh -huh. So if you ask some people on Twitter, like, what a magical moment. He said, I'm so lucky. And all the British people were like, he said, I'm shitting it. And everyone could see it because he's so nervous. So this is the new Laurel and Yanny. Oh, don't even. Ha. Ha. Don't you walked even. right into don't it. Don't even. Like, Anyways. the internet needs something else to occupy itself with. A royal wedding. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for distracting from the nonsense news. Okay. Did you get your feelings out? Um, yes. Uh, is it my turn now? Sure. I've got some really weird, depressing bad newses. Awesome. I'll look forward <laughs> okay. to that. Um, are you a YouTube Red subscriber? What? Well, click, it's, it's going away. I click cancel. What? It's already going away? They're now splitting it into two new subscription services. One for music, one for video, nothing in between, and Red's going away. Does that make sense? Can you follow that? I just, what I don't follow is that they think people are going to sign up if they split them. Like, they think the problem with people not signing up yeah. is that... People don't want music and videos. It's like, no, people just don't want to pay. There's too many streaming services lately. Oh, Google. Uh, my worst news of the week, Nintendo's going to be releasing the Nintendo Classic again. I saw that. So much for your collector's edition. My God. But I'll, I'll call it like first run edition or something. Yeah. Like, like a, how do you, what do you call it in books? Please. First edition. Right into the podcast. You have like a first edition. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Hit me with some depressing stuff. Um, well, there's one that's the least depressing. I, I just wanted to talk about the ridiculous... This is my bad news. One of my bad news is the ridiculous, like, apology tour commercials that have been on TV Yeah, we've had... Well, it's because we've had the NBA Finals on a bit, oh so that, that's been, like, the premier uh, advertising venue. First, Wells Fargo, then Facebook, and now Uber. Yeah, they had them all three in the same commercial break yes. sometimes. Wells Fargo saying we were established in 1832 and reestablished in 2018. You can trust us again. We promise. Because we're saying you can. Yeah. Facebook is like, don't worry. This is your Facebook's favorite. Facebook is my favorite one. It's going on about how we take all of your personal material and content so seriously. We now we're going to share it with anyone. And meanwhile, in the background, they are showing like home videos and private <laughs> pictures. Now, I understand that all those are probably faked and like with actors, but it's just the, the, the contrast of that saying, all this stuff that we're showing on national television in front of 50 million people. It is people, private. We it's promise. completely private. We totally get that. Your information that now. is safe. And then the. You were Uber teasing one, the Uber guy for not being able to speak. He just seemed to drop every third syllable when he was trying to talk. Yeah. His was my least. Um, Objectionable. Yeah, I thought. He just wasn't particularly charismatic either, though. No. Didn't make me want to trust Uber. Um, this is my more depressing one. Here's a depressing one and a depressing weird. So depressing is that more students were killed in school shootings this year than active military members. This year meaning five months. Mm -hmm. mm. And I saw someone actually expanded the stat. And more since Sandy Hook whatever mm -hmm. year that was, more students have been killed in school shootings than active military members have been killed since 9-11. Wow. Like, that's not okay. No. Like, it should not be more dangerous to go to high school than it is to serve in the military. And that's where we're at as a country right now. Yep. Um, 
the other ones are real weird and I there was one teacher who was in trouble for showing students how to drown a raccoon in class. Yeah, I definitely did not click on the he that headline. I didn't click on the video, but I clicked on the headline, and basically, what subject is this? It sounds it like something like from our the show class. we're talking about later I on. I know that's why I thought I had to bring it up. Um, it's is was meant to be like an agriculture class of how to deal with pests, I guess. But he like made all of the kids like take turns helping drown a raccoon. How, so he got a wild raccoon? Caught a wild raccoon, brought a tub of water to class, like held the raccoon underneath the water and then gave the students like sticks or something to like keep, like push the raccoon's head under the water every time it came up to breathe. Okay, a couple questions. Yeah. Uh, what state? Hmm. My, my follow-up question was going to be, is, is drowning a raccoon very different from drowning other animals? Because I feel like the stick, keep them under the water approach would work for a lot of, a lot of rodents. Um, it was in Florida. Okay, <laughs> yes, yeah. Like, um, Didn't want to assume, but of course I did. But there's footage. The raccoon was in a metal trap being dunked and held down in a garbage can full of water, and as when the raccoon tried to come up in the... For the air, the students had metal rods and held down the raccoon with the metal raccoons, more than one raccoon, with the metal rods and holding water hoses in their faces to drown it, like waterboarding style. Yeah, that's hashtag Florida, though. Um, so yeah, that was rough. And then there was a related story about a teacher who, this was at least after hours, but a teacher who was who fed a puppy to a snapping turtle? Puppy to a snapping turtle. In, in pieces? No, a live whole puppy just, like, fed it to a snapping turtle. What the fuck? Name the state. Um, hold on. Idaho. Mm -hmm. He okay. fed a puppy to a snapping turtle in front of his students and said the puppy was sick anyways, uh -huh. was his um, justification for it. Okay. There, there's your disturbing, disturbing news for the week. Thank you. All right, so do you want to talk about the book or the TV show um, first? We I should have, go into I have final oh, you have news. More? I'm sorry. I saved my sports recap for the end. Oh, great. Okay. Um, the Red Sox are having their first alumni game, which is apparently where you bring back old men. And I was hoping like they would play like old man softball, but I think they're playing actual baseball. It's going to be a little sad. Three inning game, it Someone's going to break a leg or something. At, at 10.30 a.m. coming up. <laughs> Um, they can't stay awake. But for I think a you're going to be a little bit. <laughs> you'll enjoy a few of these people. Trot Nixon. Wade Boggs. Um, don't care about him. Rich Garces. Nickname. Know who that is. Spanish nickname El. El Guapo. Yeah. Um, Mike Greenwell. He was one of the first Red Sox that I knew. Mm -hmm. Derek Lowe will be there. Ugh, you know I've always hated Derek Mike Lowe. Mike Lowe, usually confused used with I like Mike Lowe. Yeah. He's the Cuban that dances, yeah. yes. Pedro Martinez will Pedro, be there. Pedro, he was my first. I have a Pedro hat and a shirt. He was my first Red Sox love. And Lou Merloni. That's it? That's the whole team? Uh, and there's other ones that you wouldn't know. Well, then. Um, other baseball news. Tampa Bay Rays, who yeah. used to fascinate me, yep. but now are one of the worst teams in baseball. Once again, are one of the worst teams yes, in baseball. Yes, correct. Thank you for that clarification. But they are trying some funky stuff with pitching, which okay. I wholly appreciate. Tell me. Um, it's something that I've always thought people should do, and now this team's finally doing it. So they are having their one of their closer-type people start like three games in a row. He's pitching the first game of first a bunch. Inning. Yeah, sorry, the first inning of a bunch of games in a row, and then they're going to have a starting pitcher pitch like innings three, 
to eight instead of one to six. Okay. Is it working? Uh, first game worked, yeah. It's a, definitely mixing it up. It's a new strategy, mm-hmm. so the hitters can't get used to That's the concept. Anything. Is like that... putting in a better pitcher to start, or a more clinch pitcher to start with, right. or a few batters. Because the theory is, is that um, hitters get more comfortable, you know, the second and third time they come up to see the same right. pitcher. So if you delay that, and instead give them two pitchers in their first two at-bats, it gives you an advantage early in the game. Any other sports news? That's it. Okay. Now you can proceed. I was just going to ask if you wanted to do the book or the movie, uh, the TV show first. Now it's going to suggest the TV show since we just talked about bad pictures. Sure. Okay. Let's do it. So the TV show we're talking about this week is AP Bio. Mm-hmm. Um, stars the guy from yeah, Glenn, Sunny. Yeah, Glenn Howerton. I'm going to pull open the IMDb page for this show because I don't actually know many of the characters' names. and I feel like I'm going to spend the whole time trying to remember them. Patton Oswalt. Yeah. He would be the only other like big name in the show. Yeah. So it is a show about um, a philosophy professor or a philosopher who gets kicked out of his job and his mom dies. So he has to go home to Toledo, Ohio, where dreams go to die. Midwest. And, And takes a job as a teacher because he has a Harvard degree. So they're like, we have a Harvard professor teaching here, even though he's an awful teacher. And the has class, no connection to biology, which is one of like the central up, jokes. Of the it. class he ends up teaching is AP biology. Um, and he has no interest in teaching biology and actually like actively refuses to teach anything that could be confused <laughs> for biology. Yeah. It's a, one of the great running jokes is how he won't let them have their AP bio textbooks at all. And like he uses it as a, like hangs it over their head. <laughs> like he uses it as I'll give you back your textbook if you do this for me. Yeah. Um, so it's like the baddest of bad teacher plot lines in that like, not only does he not teach the students, he like actively has them commit crimes basically. Yeah. Um, he tries to get, he has this like nemesis rival, um, who's the better version of him in the philosophy world? Like he's right. like a rock star and in works the philosophy at world. Stanford. Works at Stanford. Yeah, and um, has like celebrity best friends and stuff, and he's British. Mm-hmm. Um, so he uses his advanced placement students to try and take down his enemy with yeah. increasingly elaborate, ridiculous <laughs> schemes. And sometimes they're like one-off episodes, and some of them last like the entire season. So I thought it was um, a very strange show. That's a good word for it, yeah. It's, it's not very what you expect different. from a network TV show, for sure. No, and I enjoyed that about it. I, I've gotten to the point where I enjoy TV shows that don't feel like other TV shows I've watched. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some, like, surprise funny parts, like the um, secretary lady. Yes, Helen is one of the Helen best parts of the show. Helen is hilarious. <laughs> She's kind of like a older Melissa McCarthy kind of type humor. Yep. Uh, and it just works. She's amazing. The yeah. couple episodes that have featured her have been yeah. the funnier of the episodes. Yeah. Patton Oswalt is like, he's a little hit or miss for me. Like, he's not supposed to be that funny. He's supposed to be kind of sad. sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the kids are really good, too. Some of the, the kids. kids Heather, are really good. Heather is so yeah. the best one. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's also, like, the other teachers. They're probably my least favorite part of the story. Like, the trio of gals. Yeah, like, they're necessary, I think. For, like, B-plots, usually. But I wish they did more with them. I mean, like we were saying, it's not your typical network TV show. And it's good in that a lot of ways it doesn't have, like, typical even episode arcs. Like, no. what they present at the beginning of the episode may have no relevance to what happens at the end. And some of the episodes end and you're like, that's how they're going to end this? Right. Like... But with the uh, with some of the other teacher storylines, like they do fall into like a B side arc, and it's yeah. like probably not the best use of time. 
Yeah. Um. So yeah. Do you want? Do we want to talk about our? I was gonna have us play Fuck Mary Kill, but if they're teenagers, yeah, we can't probably can't do that. We can do that. rank them, maybe. Um. So Heather is definitely my favorite. Um. Oh, she's pretty too. <laughs> Uh, as a vegetarian, I kind of frown upon her for butchering <laughs> tactics, but other than that, she's amazing. Just her one-liners are very good. Who else do you ship in the show? You have one um, ship that Well, you're... I think that Dan and, um... Devin. Devin, like, have some love vibes They going have some on. chemistry. Like, he was being bullied at first, but, like, was it just pigtail-pulling kind of bullying? Because, like, you find out that Dan, like, has no friends and yeah. was just trying to, like, seem like he was cool so he wouldn't get picked on. Not that that's an excuse for bullying, but... They just seem to have, like, a vibe. They sit in the back of the class, and they, like, work together and stuff, and, like, Devin smiles at him sometimes. But then Heather's been thrown in. That's a great love triangle, though. I know. If they play it that Epic way, though. Epic love triangle. My other favorite would be Anthony. Yes. Um, he <laughs> he is... just, like, eye rolls, and it's just, yeah. like, super judgy to everybody. He has a great reaction. Um, I actually sure. like this guy, Victor. Yeah. I think he's funny. He's much better than Marcus. Yeah. Marcus is waste just as... But it's hilarious how, um... <laughs> Jack. Jack picks on Marcus. Yeah. And I like Sarika, too. She's, like, yeah. the student who's, like, trying really hard to get into college and just wants to to actually learn something in this in this class. And it's funny to watch, like, as it goes on, the, the development of the, the dynamic of, like, the class gets better about trying to trick him into letting them learn science. Right. Um, like, we'll frame him for murder. We just need to learn how to sequence DNA first. So we just need our <laughs> textbooks back, please. <laughs> So it's pretty funny how, like, they kind of eventually give up on just, like, logical, like, please just let us learn something. Yeah. And move on to, like, playing his games, basically, yeah. to get what they want. And then there's, he has some character development as well. Right. A little bit. A few times you think, like, they're really going to try to redeem him, and no. then he'll take a lot of steps back. And um, I appreciate that, that it wasn't, it's not a Mr. Schuster situation. Oh, definitely It not. is not, like... Well, Mr. Shu was a disaster, too, but they played it off as, like, him being, like, supposed to be a lovable and relatable. Yeah. And this guy, I think it's refreshing that they just play him as, like, absolutely anti-hero. Not even anti-hero, because he's not even a hero. No. Like, just a bad, just a shitty yeah, dude. Yeah. They just portray him as a shitty dude. Yeah. And He has some that. epic moments. Like, I love the episode when he commutes to New York for dates. Yeah. For, like, over the week, and he goes to New York twice. <laughs> Just to try to convince a woman that he lives and works in New York. Um, his entrances... On a bus, too. Not yeah, on a yeah. plane, on a bus. His entrances to the class when he tells people to start shutting up are really great. And also the the costuming of the show is great. Because he wears sweatpants every the day. Disgusting sweatpants. <laughs> and whoever in like the finally like the penultimate episode was like, we, we've seen your dick all, all year long through those sweatpants. <laughs> So yeah, it's funny to watch the students start to not give a shit, and it's funny to watch uh, the dynamic shift. Um, I think my favorite one was the babies. Oh, uh, the, the baby one babies, was good, and he yeah. drowns them all in the pool. <laughs> it sounds so fucked up when we're saying it, yeah. but if you want like a quick short show that's like a little yeah. bit strange but really funny, I would definitely recommend it. And it's got renewed for second second season, season yeah. so I'm happy about that too. And it's not you know it's not a laugh track Big Bang kind of situation. It's the single. Single camera, but it's not like a modern family or a or an office where it's all based on, you know, mockumentary kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward show, but yeah. the humor is very quirky. And, and you forgot weird. your favorite bit of visual humor. Which one? The stare. The stare machine that he uses. His mother's 
going up and down the stairs. With oh yes, old yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, he lives in his um, late mother's. mother's house, and yeah, uses her stair climber to get up and down his stairs. Yeah. Oh man. And he sits in the shower. That's what my really favorite one is. <laughs> he uses the shower chair. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. Okay. So, we definitely recommend it. Sure. Okay. The other, the book that we're talking about this week mm-hmm. is a book that I recommended. Yep. That you mostly enjoyed. Yep. It's called Autobiography, and it's by Christina Lauren. Who is Which, if you're saying that sounds like an author with two first names, you're spot on. So it's written by two friends, it seems like. Yeah. Um, and you read it more recently than I did, but mm-hmm. I feel like I can give a pretty good synopsis. Like well, read you half of it over you your shoulder. size the, the rest of it, so I can. I'll, I'll give this one a shot. Okay. So autobiography. We'll get back to the title yeah. travesty in a little yeah. bit. Uh, do you remember the character names? That's what I'm going to struggle with. Tanner. Okay. So the the primary character is Tanner, who is in high school in Utah. Yes. Provo, Utah. Like, Provo, Utah. Is that a real place? I think so. Like okay. straight up Mormon town. Mormon territory. For sure. Or what's the acronym they Deep use? Deep in Mormon territory. Um, um, LSDs? Yes. No, LDS. LSD Latter-day would Saints. be weird. Yeah. <laughs> Latter-day Saints. Um... So, he has kind of a complex history in terms of moving around. So, his mother was originally from Utah mm-hmm. and has some history with, with the, the church, church mm-hmm. mostly via her sister, yes. Tanner's aunt. Um, so, they lived in San Francisco for a while because Tanner's mother is a big tech, um, you know, important person mm-hmm. and high-level employee. And so when the family lived in uh, San Francisco in Silicon Valley, Tanner was an out was out about his sexuality. He's bisexual. Bisexual, thank you. Um, and so he would, you know, hold hands with boys, girls out in public, no issues. Did you read that um, good article about bisexuality on TV that I retweeted? No. Anyway, continue. So, but a new job, which is one kind of odd part of the of the plot. Um, a new job with a tech corporation is actually taking the family away from Silicon Valley and moving them to Utah, which is not really known for being a hotbed of tech companies. But, yeah, but okay. tech companies have started to do that. Like, That's true, because it's so expensive up there. Yeah. So anyways, uh, it just so happens that the whole family is moving back to Utah. Mm-hmm. And although Tanner's immediate family is like all about the rainbow pride, like yeah. literally constantly wearing rainbows around the house and yeah. waving flags. Um... His parents basically say, you need to keep your lips sealed about You need to either push him back self, in the closet. Basically. Just so he won't be shunned by all of the religious kids. Yes. So that's kind of the where he's coming from. That's This is all like back before the story even starts, really. That's true. It's all off page. So the, the actual plot of the book is about Tanner's senior year mm-hmm. at this high school. And his best friend is a girl named... Starts with an A. Yeah. Not Annie. Ashley? No. You look it up. It's a little more creative than that. And they have both signed up for, like, the most important class of senior year for them, which is basically the equivalent of NaNoWriMo. So the kids try to write a whole novel in the span of one high school semester. Now, there's this cool teacher who's in charge of the class, 
and he says, guess what, guys? We're bringing in a special guest for this semester. And what's his name? Luke. Uh... No. <laughs> so the special guest. You just read it. I read it like a year ago. Whose name we're going to get to in just a moment. He um, took the class the year before, and he is what? Sorry, I was trying to look it up, and I came up to the autobi autobiography of Benjamin Franklin. So <laughs> that's not helping me. Um, and so this kid has graduated the year before. Autumn is his best friend. Autumn is the best friend. Autumn, and yeah. Sebastian. Sebastian. So Sebastian... Uh, took the class the year before, graduated, and got a book deal. Got his fantasy book actually published by a big publisher, so he's a big deal now. So he's introduced as, like, the TA for the year. And Autumn's like, mm, he's cute. And meanwhile, silently, Tanner's like, oh, my God, he's, like, really cute. Yeah, like, I'm gone. It's too late for me. But, no, I'm leaving out the most important thing. Yeah. He is a hardcore LDS Like his dad's church a member. pastor or something, right? Yeah, like a bishop or something. Yeah. So, there you go. I've set the stage. So, um, predictably, things go awry. Yeah, pretty quickly. Like, I thought, like, I'm such a sucker for flirtation in books. Yeah. And I only got, like, 15 pages of it in this book. They you want the will-they-won't-they? They? Yeah, they had the a couple scenes. three seasons. They had a couple scenes, yeah, where, where they, like, got you know, put in the same area, just the two of, a, two of them. Forced proximity, Thank kind you. of seems. And uh, there's a lot of tension built up, but then after that, they like, Tanner's very upfront about his feelings pretty quickly, and it, the bulk of the plot is really about um, Sebastian figuring out how the hell he's going to deal with what he's dealing with. Yeah, and one of the big points of the plot is that Sebastian admits that he's attracted to Tanner and likes kissing Tanner and being with Tanner, mm -hmm. but won't say that he's gay. Like, he can't... Correct. He does he not identify make, as that, for he sure. He can't make that jump to, like, having it be part of his personality because it's so against what right. he's been taught from a young he age. He kind of, like, treats, you know, calling yourself a homosexual as being, like, more of a cultural thing than necessarily a, a biological thing. Or, like, admitting the sin of it somehow. Right. I think um, Sebastian's kind of interpretation of it is really interesting, actually. He talks about how... Well, if he's feeling these feelings, then clearly God wants him to feel those feelings. Like so God he never, made him this yeah, way, he so. never guilts himself really about it. But there is a lot of tension because family reactions. Yeah, and he's not comfortable like abandoning the family or abandoning the church either. Yeah, and I mean that's his whole community, and they they are pretty yeah. serious about it. Like they'll excommunicate you. Yes. Um, so it's not just like someone's going to be mad at Sunday dinner. It's like he won't be able to speak to his family anymore. But it kind of comes to a head towards the end of the book um, because he has to go off on his mission. Right. And so there's a running, yeah, running issue because they are assuming that he's going to go off on a mission in, in a couple months and be gone for two years. And Where Tanner's he's not like, allowed to speak to anyone. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. So throughout this whole thing, there's a theme of writing because Tanner is meant to be writing this book for his course, his mm -hmm. seminar. Except the only book he can get himself to write is about him and Sebastian falling in love. Just a little steamy. So, and it's a problem because Sebastian in, is the opposite of out. So, and in a school of 90% um, oh, churchgoers, yeah. too. So, uh, if he were to turn in that project, he would be outing not only himself, 
which he would be able to deal with with his family, but he would be outing Sebastian, who would be, like, excommunicated. Yeah, because he's not very good at disguising his plot. No. Um, so there's this whole other thing where, like, there's this ruse that um, Sebastian's meant to be helping him with his book, right. and it's turning out just to be, like, their love story in, in writing form. But they missed the perfect, like, why would you call it autobiography mm -hmm. when autobiography is already a pun? Just capitalize by autobiography. considered it, but needed it to, like, stand out in terms of search terms a little bit better. Maybe. Because if you search for autobiography, you're never going to. But they should have used that pun with some other words, like the autobiography of Tanner or something, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, like, one major slip up. Yeah. Autobiography, like, I get it. But it also seems to be like a little bit of by erasure to me that they're saying autobiography. I don't mm. know. It just would have been such a better pun just to be autobiography. Yeah. Um, you were surprised by how quickly things heated up. Yeah. And by you're always shocked by sexual content in teen books. Yep. Always. In this one, was I? Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but what when something reaction? happens later on and it ha escalates fairly quickly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. So, the end of the book gets a little bit messy, if you ask me. Oh. I don't mean sexually. Well, you get... So, you get a love, a love triangle. Yeah. Which, uh, I kind of feel like... And this is where you're going to shun me a little bit. But I kind of feel like writing a book about a bisexual character is, like, begging for it. Because it's like, they do have... They do have, um... That's such a bi-stereotype that they can't decide between a, a boy and a girl. See, I, I agree. I understand that. So that's why I'm not saying it was like... Uh, it wasn't really a love triangle from Tanner. It was more two people obsessed with him. Yeah, and they're of different genders. He can't control that. Yeah. He can't control who was a crush on him. I know. But I was, I was fascinated by that love triangle, so I wanted it to last but, a little bit longer. Well, you told me you wanted it to be more bisexual, as if that means something. But I felt like guilty people, as I was thinking that, People, yes. their, their sexuality, their sexual orientation is not defined by who they're dating. Right. Right. And I, I've come to, I understand that. But the only, only comment I have is that... He needs to prove to you that he's bi? No, how can I say this without getting you terribly upset? I don't know. My only point was that you could have rewritten the book and had it be about a gay character. Would you have lost anything? I'm just curious about that. I'm not saying it would have been better or worse that way. I'm just curious. But once again, that's... It doesn't matter. I know it doesn't once matter. Once again, that's you in your head thinking that it would be easier to be able to put him in a box and say he's just gay. Like, I think it's important to write storylines about people that are bisexual because people yeah. are allowed to be bisexual. And I think that bisexual men have a much harder time of it because with bisexual women, society seems to view lesbians as more acceptable. Or I don't mm -hmm. know if it's because women can be more affectionate without being called gay or if it's just that, like, the sexualization of lesbians. But I think that it's easier for... So if you're a bisexual woman, I feel like it's easier for a man to be like, oh, you like to kiss girls sometimes, that's hot. Yeah. Whereas if you flip it around... <clears throat> you know, I'm bored with that. If you right. flip it around, I think it's harder for a bisexual man mm -hmm. with like the toxic masculinity that we've talked about a lot of trying to balance. Yeah. 
Balance so that's why so I, think I think it was important. important that I read the book because it has helped. It has forced me to think about some of these things. And yeah, coming into it, I was just like, oh, it's a book about a bisexual character, so he's going to be banging a girl over here and banging a dude over here, and it's going to get messy between them. And that's, that that's was very short-sighted of me. Yeah, yeah, that's such a stereotype, is that they are just greedy and just are really like slutty and whatever. Right. Just because they like, just because they don't care about a person's gender doesn't mean that they approach relationships any differently than another person. Thank you. I'm glad I read it. I think I'm getting better. I'm getting woke. I'm staying woke. Um, so I really liked this book overall. I thought, um, I've, as we've talked about in this podcast, like with Simon versus the homo, homo sapien agenda, like it made me feel things. Like you feel kind of the desperation and feel the emotions. And like, it's very good at like kind of gripping your heart. Mm -hmm. Some parts of this book I felt like, like I thought. So you were, you were really tied up in the love story? Like you're, you were emotionally attached? You're, act, you're, you're acting like you weren't. You didn't care about it? You didn't like feel for Tanner with everything going down? Um, I felt for him a little bit. I liked Sebastian a lot more. So one thing looking back on the book is that I was way more interested in Sebastian's kind of plight than Tanner's. But that's the point. Tanner's. It's Sebastian's journey. Yeah, it's so I, was, I selfishly wanted to hear it from his point of view then. Okay, so you think that the mistake was the point of view? I'm not saying it was a mistake. I'm just saying I may have enjoyed the book better if he had been the first person or narrator. Flipped. Yeah. Um, I that didn't bother me. I did really like Sebastian, but and I was really interested in kind of the church stuff because I don't know that much about. It's a very good introduction. Like there are some clunky sections where it's like here comes an expository paragraph about LDS. Yeah, but yeah, which um. I think you probably get more facts than from Book of Mormon, but, um, yeah. so yeah. But, um, yeah, so I really liked it. I thought, I felt the emotions. I thought most of the characters were pretty well developed. I thought Tanner was actually the least developed character, maybe. Like, I didn't feel like he had a ton of super strong personality traits, other than the fact that he was, like, wore his heart in his sleeve and, like, was really honest and open, but I didn't feel like I had a super strong sense of like his personality. So yeah, his his sexuality is like his primary identifiable trait, which I, I get because it is obviously a part a huge part of him and, and it's, it's a part of his struggle. Yeah, it's something that he has to hide or that he But you're right, he just doesn't have he has the one close friend and he doesn't have much else to like really bring himself. him to life. Yeah. yeah. So I found himself sometimes just to be a little bit too of just the narrator, even though it was a first person. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they could have committed a little bit more to first person and gave him a little bit more. Do you think that's something traits? that could have been lost in having two people write the Maybe. same character? That the voice got a little bit... I mean, now that I'm bland. thinking back on it, if you have two authors, isn't that begging for it to be a, a back-and-forth story? Could have been. What if Sebastian what had been bisexual like that? almost creates more conflict within the family because then they're like, clearly you like women, just stop liking men. Yeah, that he could just choose to be with yeah. women because it's easier because he asked that a lot of mm. Tanner of like, I just don't understand you. Like if you could pick both, why wouldn't you just pick a girl? So it's because it's easier on you. Right. And Tanner's like, that's not the point. You just fall in love with the person. Um, I thought the ending got a little bit messy as well. Not, I've started to say this before. Like, like not, the coda part or before that? Even before that, like mm. there's a lot of, I feel like, there's a lot of kind of build up and then they jump into this relationship and like the first two thirds of the book is just kind of 
them getting to know each other and Tanner's family waiting for it to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And then the last, like, one-third of the book is just, like, they fight and then they break up and then they're back together and they break up and they're back together and then there's a book tour and then there's the friend and then yep. there's the college and then there's a book tour and, like, I just felt like the pacing was a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Not that you, not that I don't appreciate, like, a nice slow build at the beginning to get their relationship going and to get the background, but at the end I just found myself, like, almost confused a little bit of, like, who's mad at who and who needs to apologize and I don't know. I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there was just a lot of, a lot of things happened very quickly at the end. And some of them happen off page, and then there's like a weird, just one Sebastian Oh, right, there is. Perspective. Yeah, which, when that happens in a book, when 95% of the book is one way, and then you have to do one chapter a different way, because otherwise you'll miss something, that that always screams like a little bit of sloppiness to me. That's what I think. It always screams a little bit of laziness of like, I couldn't figure out how to do this, so I had to just insert this different point of view. And I think there are some books that are an exception to that, and it comes off as like, wow, what an insight. I'm so glad that I saw that. Yeah. But I think a lot of books, it comes off as a little bit of a last right. resort. And like, in this case, you're like, well, what was he thinking, you know, six time. chapters ago? Yeah. Why didn't you do it there? And they had a pretty strong voice for Sebastian, I felt like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it would have been interesting to see, maybe not even every other chapter, but just like little Sebastian interludes throughout. Like, either don't either have one perspective and commit to it, or like insert more of the other perspective. Well, maybe these authors will do a money grab like... Um, the author of Love, Simon, and published a new version from Sebastian's point of view. After the fact? Yeah. Or from Autumn's point of view. Mm, really Autumn on the offbeat. <laughs> um, would you re- recommend it? What were you going to say? My only other parting shot on it was that I got really excited when I was like, ooh, it's a book about high school writing class. Like, typically I hate books about writing. Yeah. But that's usually when they're old people Complaining yeah. about struggling authors or or um, successful Alcoholics authors, and divorced wives. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, oh, cute little kids all trying to write bad books in the senior year of high school, and then you get a few classroom scenes, and the teacher's pretty cool, but he doesn't have a huge part in the book. And like we said, Tanner's actual writing is not like his book doesn't really get written the way he wants to because his other his love story takes it over. Yeah. So I was just hoping more. I expected it to be a book filled of, like, cutouts of the actual written book and stuff like that. It wasn't very much of that. Yeah, not too much. But I would recommend it overall, yes. I think it's important to read, just as I thought Love, Simon was important, because that was the first young adult book I had read with a uh, a gay protagonist. So this would be the first one with a bisexual protagonist. What? In Other Lands. True. Elliot's bisexual. Okay, Earth-based. <laughs> Earth-based. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, do you have any upcoming things? I have a few. I have two. Would you like to go first? Sure. One of them is Jennifer Aniston. I did see that one. Would you like to relate that to what we were just talking about? Um, yes, she's going to play a lesbian. A president. A presidential lesbian. With a first lady. Yes. And guess what? It's called First Ladies. I like it. Um, and it's written, the nice thing is it's written by actual lesbians. Right. On a pitch that they brought to the Netflix, department, I think. I think. Yeah. So that would be is fun. Is it a show or a movie? Uh, oh, yeah. I think it's actually a movie. Political comedy. Um, yeah, movie. movie. Okay. From Netflix. Cool. There's some other Netflix movies coming out that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. 
There was one that looks very strange, but I'm always for a new rom-com that's not super, super cheesy. And it's with um, Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu. Did okay. you see that one? No. It's called Set It Up. It's about like two assistants that try and set up their crazy overbearing bosses mm. so that they can have some time off and it kind of blows up in their face. So Horrible Bosses 3, but with less murder plots. Hopefully. Preferably. Have we talked about In the Heights being a movie before on this podcast? I've done here too. Oh, that was my new one. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I think it could work. Mm. I think um, I liked it enough as a stage production when we saw it. All of the comments I read in it was questioning whether any of the original actors would be in it. They're getting a little bit old. To that be in was it. most people's reaction. Like Lynn and Chris Jackson, and they're like a little bit old to be playing like teen, like college students, yeah. I think, or like college age students. Yeah. Um, but now that Lynn's finally supposedly free of the uh, Mary Poppins movie, when's that coming out again? <laughs> Christmas. Oh sure. That and the Grinch. He was pretty funny. Double feature. He was pretty funny on um, SNL. Living yeah, well. he was available. Does he yeah. live in? NYC? He lives in Washington Heights. He lives in the Heights. Oh. That's the point, honey. Got it. He's got a new baby. Well, he's speaking, he's teaching Spanish phrases, too, and Hamilton songs. Is those the videos you've been playing? That's the old baby. Right. That's Sebastian. <gasps> so many crossovers. like three. Okay. Um, did you hear that there's going to be a second Zombieland with the original cast? No. That seems like, that movie's like 10 years old now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Did anybody survive that movie? Bill Murray definitely didn't. I don't remember. Um, we were just talking about this one, Mrs. Maisel. It's gonna yeah. have us the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's gonna have a season three. I was. And very... you got into a huff of a panic this afternoon. Can you Google Miss Maisel for me? Can you Google Miss Maisel? How did they How did they approve a green light of a, of a third season? If I haven't If I haven't watched the second season, that's that was your a great impression, impression of me. Yeah. That was terrible. <laughs> it's also the same impression you do of your mom. <laughs> um. I was a little bit flustered because I was like, did I or did I miss there being a season two? Because we've talked about before, we both hate how they just like drop a whole new season on a person. Like they can just spend a whole weekend doing that. I Rest don't of development the, coming this week. I well, don't have wait. the attention span can't wait. to watch a whole season of a show. And I don't think that's how it should be watched anyway. Um, so no, there hasn't even been a season two released yet, but it's already been picked up for season three. I assume it's because there was like a two-season kind of deal, and then the first Probably. season did well, so they added a season. Yeah, a little security. And if they're just writing season two, I'm sure that helps to know there's going to be a third season in terms well, of Well, and it's lines. Amazon, so you know what's going to happen, crossover with Lord of the Rings, because now they all know. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Um, did you see, there's also like a Netflix dramedy called Sex Ed with Gillian Anderson, like from X-Files? No. So it's like a socially awkward son and like his like sex ed teacher mother Oof. that is one subject yeah you should not have your your parents for so i could see how it could be funny but i could also see how it could be like secondhand embarrassment that you know i can't watch yeah you would struggle with so that. we'll see um two more the um freddie mercury movie did you watch the trailer i did I, in the mm. photos, I... Photos made it look, oh, this is going to be yeah. fantastic. In the photos, I really bought Rami Malek as, um, as Freddie Mercury. In the clips, not so much. I didn't, I just saw Rami Malek. I didn't see Freddie Mercury. Mm. And from the reports that I've been hearing, they are not going to address the HIV AIDS crisis at all. Mm. Or like only very obliquely. And that seems to be a problem. Like, yeah. that is 
a big issue in his life and that's what he dies from and he died kind of like closeted as far as I'm aware hmm. um, so it seems in poor taste to just like gloss over the HIV AIDS crisis when that was such a huge thing going on in the world and with their band. So I read a little bit of discussion about about the trailer and the movie. Okay. And people are not actually clear on whether it is a biopic or if, of Freddie Mercury or if it is a movie about the band. Okay. Some people are theorizing that well, he dies. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Some people are theorizing that he dies in the middle of the movie. Actually. Okay. So that part's unclear. The best part of the trailer was the way they merged all the hits into one song. That was cool. Yeah. It was a good um, trailer. But yeah, it's very, I find it very odd how, how bad most musical biopics are. Like, it's like a meme now. Like, Walk the Line is the meme of it. Yeah. Or, I mean, excuse me, Walk Hard is the meme yeah. of it. Like, it's just these all similar types of movies. Cut real bad. I'm where... not a doctor. <laughs> Speak plainly to me. Where, yeah, you have a tough childhood memory. You have introduction to drugs. You have multiple women. You ha Or men, potentially. You have shows. You have issues with the label, and it's like, yeah, all of these stories hit the same beats, and like they're not even interesting to watch. So people are unsure of whether this one's going to have anything unique. Like I don't know. I guess was there actually a controversy about if Bohemian Rhapsody would work as a song because it was so long and it had an opera? The whole in trailer the seemed to be focusing on that. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, Freddie Mercury, I, I was pretty sure this was true, and I just looked it up. He. Um, he was reportedly bisexual as well, but everyone said if you sleep with a man, then you're gay who sometimes sleeps with women. Like they at that point in time, yeah. Kind of now still, but mm. yeah, at that point in time. Um, last one I have mm -hmm. is a comedy called Single Parents. Okay. And I had seen, so Leighton Meester, like from Gossip Girl. Of course. Um, I had seen her like posting a bunch of stuff about filming on Instagram with Taryn Killam. Yep. Um, Jebediah Atkinson. Who went on from that to do nothing, basically. <laughs> so. It was, was in one episode was, of AP Bio. It was the two of them, and it was like the brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. Sure. And this really funny Asian dude. Um, and they're all single parents. Okay. And, um. There's this new single parent in town who, like, decides he's going to be, like, the PTA dad and, like, mm -hmm. get super involved. And the other single parents are like, stop. We're just trying to, like, survive with on our own with our kids. Like, stop trying to get us involved in shit. Right. We don't need something else. And then they all kind of, like, come together oh. as friends. Don't and... spoil it. Well, that's what was in the trailer. Okay. But it, it actually looked pretty funny. Like, I thought it had enough familiar faces that I knew of that I was, like, intrigued to watch the trailer, but not so much that it's just, like, famous person staring me in the face. Like Network I, streaming? Mm, what's, it, what's it coming to? What platform? I think Network. Sounds like it. A fall type of show. But I, I thought it looked really cute. Uh, mm. ABC. Okay. So I'll show you the trailer mm. for it after, and I'll try and post it on our Twitter. Um... But I thought it looked really cute. Of, of the couple different fall TV teasers that I've seen, this is the one I was most interested in. Okay. As in terms of network TV. Is that the end of your list? That's the end of my list. Okay, well, we have one new segment that we're going to start doing. What is it? This is a surprise for you. Jesus. It's going to be Heather publicly swearing on this show of things that she's not going to go see so that we have audio oh. audio to hold against you. <laughs> I don't you. know if I can commit to that. Let's just list some movies that you're not going to go see this summer. Jurassic Fallen Kingdom World. Okay. 
Solo. Okay, not gonna see it in theaters. Is that it? You're not gonna go see Ant Man or any of the other oh, ones that no, are coming no, out. Oh no, Ant Man. The okay. first one was not good enough to warrant. I saw that one by myself. So that's kind of sad. Mm. It was not worth the second one. Okay. Um, and I'm done for Marvel. Done with Marvel for at least a little while. Mm -hmm. For anyone who actually listened to you're our not gonna Infinity go see Deadpool too. I didn't really like Deadpool one. <laughs> it was fine, but it's not quite my type of humor. I don't think. Like, I appreciate it for what it is, because it's silly that... I know superheroes are kind of meant to be family movies at this point, but they're not. I think it's very weird to have, like, the Avengers, those Marvel movies, be, like, family movies, because they're always, like, really dark and intense. Yeah. So, like, I appreciate that Deadpool's just like, fuck it, we are not a kid's movie, and just goes rated all the way R, to rated yeah. R. Um, and that it still did really well. And, like, yeah, no, Marvel's trying, adult. you know, they try to own, I think, the PG-13 audience. Yeah. But I, I appreciate that Deadpool doesn't try that, and they actually were able to... And it's a cool story about Deadpool, too, about how like long it took to be made, and they didn't want it to be rated yeah. R, and then it did really well. So I'm happy it's got a second one, but it's just it's not for me, as you keep saying. Yep. Okay, now we can wrap up. Tell people where they can hear all of your intellectual thoughts. So, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, it's at Heather324, but if you'd like yeah. to follow the podcast, where I'll put a bunch of the links of what we talked about today, it is at ddgetdown. Maybe I'll Twitter. log in and do post here or there, if oh, I can yeah, remember the password. Twitter in two years. What's the password? Let's tell the people. I don't know. <laughs> it's just logged into my phone. I don't know passwords anymore. Mm -hmm. So you can check Such us out there. If you have any comments about what we talked about today, if you have any suggestions about things that we should read or watch for future, um, we've got the next couple nailed down i think but beyond that we're open to suggestions mm -hmm. it's um, a long summer and we'll be here in minnesota outside so thanks for listening this week and uh, we'll see you guys next week you gotta get down with the get down well now get down get down earth. get down whoa, whoa. get down earth. get down whoa, whoa. maybe we can talk our neighbors into doing the same thing get down get down get down get down, get down.